0: This is the Weekly Scramble, a place where we chat about life over a cold
1: one, or two. It's time to belly up to the pod with Mike Frataloni and your host, Chris Reavers. That's right, it's time for the weekly scramble. My name is Chris Reavers, and by my side, his name is Mike frataloni with Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores. Hello, Michael. How are you doing, Reavers? Good. It's a Friday edition of the weekly scramble. We had some things going on earlier in the week, so we said, well, let's just wait till fun Friday and put together a show.
0: You know what it was? Is I was so excited on Tuesday for this incredible red wave that was just gonna <laughs> smash the <laughs> oh my nation.
1: God.
0: I knew it wasn't. I knew it wasn't going to happen. You
1: did not. I, really?
0: I, I, well, let me state this. I tweeted something. Actually, I replied to you someone's tweet. You did not. I replied to someone's tweet at some point hate in time. You Twitter. I know, but I was I was on, and I said, I'm not feeling this red wave. I don't think this is going to happen. And that was at about, and the reason why is because I went to my polling place, okay. and it was pretty late in the day, maybe two in the afternoon, and I was only the 480th voter. I was like, huh, really? Like that seems like not a lot. And and granted, I live in a smaller town now, right? Then I, I'm not in St. Paul anymore. Okay. So I was, you know, I'm used to like having thousands of people, but my little, the thing that takes my machine that, you know, the machine that everybody cheats the voting on, right? <laughs> you know, the one, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I put my uh, thing in there and it, I said it was only number 480 and I I didn't think so. I just didn't feel it. Why but are I had you coming
1: some... up on my Twitter account? What the heck? Aren't you just at Fratalones? Fratalones, Yeah.
0: Huh. That's how you pronounce my name. Two from, T's, two L's. Oh, there you are. There yeah, you two, are. okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think I just does it show if I replied to somebody on there.
1: Well, you retweeted the Garage Logic podcast from April twenty eighth. Thank you for that. That was the last thing I did. Yeah, yeah. That must have been a good one. I must have really liked that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, and then I uh, yeah, but it, well, so oh, here we go. Looks like your. Looks like one of your TP USA team is going to win in Florida. Okay, that was you responded was, to Charlie Kirk. Yeah,
0: Charlie Kirk he had one of his members of TP Turning Point USA won in Florida, which is great, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool that they're coming up and w- whatever. I, I don't care politics. It, it, I'm not red or blue or whatever. I don't care. But I just thought that was that was interesting that the red wave happened in Florida and non-existent across the rest of the country.
1: So speaking of that, yeah. Um, I wanted to bring up something with you because I knew you'd have an opinion on it. Despondent. I was very despondent <laughs> I, on Wednesday. I was well Tuesday night. I'm sitting in my basement watching this, going, "What's happening? What, mm. what, what what are we?" And then I, you know, Joe talked me off the ledge on Wednesday, and then fine, I just moved on. But there was something that surfaced within the last week or so, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. So I'm not a fan of this particular person, but I found the storyline compelling. You're familiar with the country music star Luke Bryan.
0: I, I think I am.
1: Yeah, Joe mentioned during Garage Logic, he watched the Country Music Awards show with Pate Manning, and Luke Bryan was one of the hosts. Okay. Who's also, as I mentioned, a big country music star. Well, this surfaced a couple of weeks ago where he was performing a concert in Florida and he welcomed the governor on stage. Just, mm. hey, thanks for coming out. And he's been just, porched. really because of this idea. Okay. Well, Governor DeSantis is a very polarizing figure right now is in he? the world of politics. Not to me, he's, he's just not an not... efficient
0: leader. But go ahead, yeah.
1: But what I can't get past is, and we've touched on this a number of times on Garage Logic. But what I can't get past is people losing their minds over political figureheads. Mm. So he and and Luke's just a run of the mill country music star, and he's yeah. getting roasted over this. Where I'm never buy up, but. And I felt the same way when Garth Brooks got ripped a couple of years ago when he performed a concert in Detroit and wore a Barry Sanders jersey, Mm -hmm. and it has obviously the number twenty with Sanders on the back. And idiots thought he was supporting Bernie Sanders. Oh, so I'm I'm speaking. That's pretty cool, though. That's a good error to make. But I'm speaking to both crowds, saying, "Shut up! These a these people are allowed to." Follow whatever political line they want to follow. And B, wh- wh- when did we get here? that's what that's what I guess you I'm trying I, to say. You know what's
0: interesting is when we look at like the Scott Scott Jensen Matt Burke loss, sure. And what I think it is is that Scott and his team, Matt, they didn't appeal at all to the opposite team, right? They didn't say any of the come with us. If you want to have less crime, cross out of your pack, cross out of your Democrat party and come to our side. It's okay to vote for a different team because you believe in nice schools, low crime. And, but instead they polarize themselves by saying, I don't care if you get gang raped by a hundred people, you got to have that baby. It's like, well, that's pretty dumb. That's pretty dumb. That's how you lose elections. And when you lose, you know what you get to do for the next four years? Nothing. Nothing. So it's like, oh, it's your fault, Scott. It's your fault, Matt. Well, and, and, and and I heard Matt, let me continue just for no, one second. Matt ahead, I heard Matt say, hey, I'm a big believer in life. I get it. I'm a big believer in life. And if me being a big believer precludes me from becoming a lieutenant governor, then I just won't become a lieutenant governor. It's like, congratulations. Of course it does. Of course it does, especially you, in this you state. have <laughs> to you have to meet in the middle somehow. And I didn't hear one of these campaign ads, not one. And I thought about this for a long time. Not one of them said, hey, my name is Mike Fratelloni. Uh You may love things I say. You may not love everything I say, but I'd please ask you to consider voting for me. Not one person did that. Not like a gentleman didn't ask for the vote. They didn't do it. They just said my opponent's stupid and I'm smart. Their ideas are dumb and I'm smart. They didn't do any crossover.
1: nothing. I think the Kistner campaign attempted to do that a little bit.
0: Yeah, but he's not high profile enough. Well, but, right,
1: but but that but that that race was one of the most expensive in the entire country, which is shocking. But, but what I guess what I'm trying to say is I think. A lot of people might go into it with the best of intentions and think that they are going to do that and then realize quickly this is gaining us zero traction.
0: You need to have people of all sorts have an epiphanal moment saying, that person seems like they make sense. I I get that they're a Democrat or I get that they're a Republican and I don't normally vote that way. But they asked for for my vote, one, Mm -hmm. which is a gentlemanly thing to do. And – On some of the points that they were making, I kind of agree on.
1: You haven't been able to hear the show yet today, but Joe touches on why the... uh, uh, Such, are you still here? No, he left. But he he got an email, and it was a great email, Mm -hmm. about why the Democratic platform, not platform, the Democratic playbook worked to the degree that it did, especially as it relates in this state. Mm -hmm. And it's because of who now uh, occupies the largest percentage of the voting demographic. Sure. And it was basically termed the swipe right generation Mm -hmm. because unfortunately that's who now it's not, it's not you and me and the people that are older than us. It's now the 20-year-olds that are in the Instagram world. That's the mass majority of the voting public right now. Is it possible? And it's, it's terrifying is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Both
0: parties have hatreds toward the other party. Not in any individual, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't have any – and I don't hate anybody, to tell you the truth. I don't even care. You've, you've known right. that about my politics. I yep. don't care. But maybe, just maybe, liberals hate the thought of a Republican so much more. They find it so much more repugnant yep. that they'll accept – Somebody like Fetterman who has, I mean, God bless him. The poor guy had a stroke. He can barely talk. Mm-hmm. That is alarming that they would just vote him in, right? And, and I think it's, it's very, very sad that, that that happened because that means it's truly polarized. They're saying, I don't care. I would never vote for a Republican. I don't even care who we have running. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I just I just can't thought. But I think if Dr. Oz, if nice little Mehmet, first of all, wasn't a carpetbagger just moving into Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Right. If he would if he would have been and lived in Pennsylvania for a long time. But if he could have said, hey, I need everyone to vote for me. I need everyone. I need everyone who values their children's education. I need everyone who values whatever his platform is and have people say, oh, that seems okay, but I didn't hear any all I heard is these attack ads that just rip on people and they never ask for the vote. Right. I think you know, sales is pretty easy, right? If someone comes in looking for a lawnmower at Fratellonis, and I say, Hey, do you like that Toro? And hey, it has these features and hey, it has these benefits. At some point in time I have to say, Hey, do you wanna buy it? And if you don't ask for it, sometimes the buy never happens. And I think the same thing is in for voting. If you don't ask for the vote, sometimes the vote would never happen.
1: Well, one of my favorite news outlets is the Babylon Bee. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> well, they had a news? doozy where they said uh, President Biden did call to congratulate Fetterman. Unfortunately, the call lasted three hours as neither one could, conf- could form a coherent sentence. Oh, you know what? It uh, would be... It, d- <coughs> very nice. Thank you. You know
0: what I think would be interesting? What? Is if Fetterman, if everyone stays on the Fetterman bandwagon and they primary Biden for presidency... So we could have a debate versus Fetterman and Biden. Wouldn't that be the coolest debate in the world? Just think of that. Just think of that. And again, I'm not making fun of that poor guy that had the stroke. Joe Biden. hmm <laughs> That was a joke there. Mm-hmm. Did you see what I did? I, I said know. he had a stroke. He didn't mm-hmm. have a stroke. No. But that poor Fetterman, I actually feel quite badly for him. And and hopefully he makes a full recovery so he can represent his state to the fullest of his
1: ability. Speaking of buying something at Fred Yeah, yeah. How about our friends at Slushbuster? We got a great email from Dave. Oh yeah. Uh our new friend at Slushbuster. He's the inventor, by the way. That's Dave Pounds. And the Slush Buster was invented right here in Minnesota. You see, Dave got tired of all the corrosive slush that was rusting cars and damaging the garage floor, so he said, I'm going to invent my own device. And so what he did, it, uh, he af- assembled this this slush buster where you, you get in there. It looks basically like uh, a miniature version of a hockey stick. Kind of. And you yeah. and and you get in there, and you get all the slush and the crap out of there. And the head's plastic so it doesn't scratch the
0: paint in your car and doesn't hurt your car, right? Exactly.
1: Okay. And so it was designed and assembled right here in Rogers, Minnesota. It's the only device on the market that is specially designed to remove the slush. It's going to re- reduce the slush that damages the vehicle and the garage floor and also the ice formation that can cause slips and falls that can injure you and your family. The GLers and the listeners of this show, The Weekly Scramble, know that you got to take care of your vehicles and your garage and the Slush Buster is going to help with both. Dave Pounds and his wife run Slush Buster and so you can show them some support. Order yours today at SlushBuster.us That's SlushBuster.us or Or. just go into one of any one of the Fratellone's Hardware and Garden Stores' locations, and you can get your own slush yeah, buster. Yeah, and I think
0: Robbinsdale Ace Hardware, too, right?
1: Yes, we exactly. we got to throw that guy in there, yes, too. Yes, he's a nice guy. They, they
0: run a nice store. So um, Dave, the inventor of this, sends me a picture because he's delivering these out to our stores, nice, right? Nice. And, and and that being said, if you're hearing this Friday, we might not have these today, right? Because G- they're in logistics process. They're going to gotcha, the store. So gotcha. any day, like in the next couple of days, so wait till Monday to go look for one. But it was kind of funny. He sends me this picture of his car, packed to the rim, nice. I'm like, huh, Dave, how many are how many are you sending <laughs> us, right? And I, I think we're really going to do well with this product. I'm going to tell you, at first I questioned this because I said I kind of like just kicking the snow out of the, like the back, like the s- snow boogers or, mm-hmm. or what are they called, tire boogers or the whatever, the chunks. The chunks. I kind of like that, but this is kind of where the tire goes up into your wheel wells. Yes. This tool gets in there, and I thought, ow. Oh, Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a, a after I looked at it a little bit more, I think that really makes sense. The sad part is is he's doing videos online where he's doing it, but he doesn't have any snow there because he was doing the videos in the middle of summer. So we're going to create some new videos for him. And I have mine. I
1: even hung up the hook, you know, the little the little eye hook yeah. at the end of my garage right next to where my my wife parks her vehicle that okay. way. Don't even I just reach right in, just boom. reach in and grab it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know
0: it came with a hook that no, des- I, I, oh,
1: I, you, I you had a hook. I, I did okay. I did that. On so my anyways,
0: own. Slush Buster at Fratelloni's on Amazon at slushbuster.us mm-hmm. and Robbinsdale Ace. That's not Fratelloni's, but surely they have them there. Just go on in and ask for Slush Buster by name. Fantastic.
1: So we have to get to an update on our favorite celebrity couple, which you and inf- you just informed me. That I was not aware of said information, but Tom and Giselle are are going through a a a divorce, a public divorce. Which I do feel bad for them because. Having to go through that is tough enough, but then having to go through it in the public spotlight I think makes matters much more um, intense. I think so yes so
0: you know what you know what
1: maybe this is is Tom's led such
0: a great life multiple Super Bowl winners, Handsome, all this, all this stuff, and now maybe he's just regressing to the mean. Where what I'm saying is life's just equaling out for him.
1: It's he's going to eventually all... end up doing a podcast. Yeah, he's <laughs> just
0: honest to God. It's just going to balance out, and he's going to say, "What else can I do? I can only do what Morons can do. I'm doing a podcast." Right. So I don't know if you've heard the news on this FTX. This, this... we touched on it
1: briefly. Yes. Okay, you've touched
0: on it briefly. For those who don't know, it's a trading platform for. Bitcoins for cryptocurrencies.
1: Ooh, I just pulled my Bitcoin app up.
0: Yeah, it's not good. So huh. this this was a really, really hot thing, this FTX. And the guy who ran it was a, kind of a wonder kid. And he really made cryptocurrencies. He had his own currency, an FTX coin. He had this FTX trading platform, and it was a really, really big deal. In fact, it was such a big deal that Brady and Giselle invested a whopping $600. And $50 million to maximize their stake into the coin. So they, as Brandon Bastard, because she was... The I think she had a, a she was serving on the board of social and environmental advisor to the cryptocurrency company right and he was a spokesperson he was a brand ambassador they basically sure. both were so I don't know if they put their money into it or had a value of six hundred fifty million I don't think anyone would pay them six hundred fifty million to be you're not going to pay a guy almost a billion dollars no. to be the brand ambassador right no uh-uh. so they must have invested something I I think they did put some of their money in so in the last one week. Uh, A Chinese company that is the competitor to this one called their bluff, and they sent out this this guy who runs the FTX sent out a tweet that said, "Hey, the owner of this uh, other company, I don't even know if he's supposed to be in Washington DC because I think there's federal probes." He said something like that, and that owner of this other company got pissed, and he said, "Oh, guess what? Um, I'm going to go ahead and dump two billion dollars worth of the FTX coin," and that made the market crash so this guy this chinese guy willingly took a hit for two billion dollars to blow up this other guy named sam who owns ftx he said watch this i'm going to destroy your entire company in one tweet and sure enough he did the tweet put two billion dollars worth of ftx coins on sale right Mm -hmm. destroyed the market it dropped 80 percent within like eight hours and subsequently the, it went so low that basically they don't have any funds to pay the people back for the coins that they're selling. So it's bankrupt. It's now bankrupt. So it took $32 billion out of the market in like three days. The sad part is where we care is Tom and Giselle have lost probably over a billion dollars. Surely there's $650 million value that they had invested. So not only is he getting divorced, not only is he playing like crap because he's just playing like crap, no one can catch a ball on his team, but he just may have lost a billion dollars. I mean, we should maybe, just maybe, do start a GoFundMe. me for yeah. him, right?
1: Yeah. All right. Now let me, um, because I'm a dum dum. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So put on your dum dum cap I'm, I'm, and I'm going and, there and stoop to my level. When a, when something like this happens, and, mm-hmm. I, and I've been going to the Josh Arnold School of Investing for some time mm-hmm. now, and he's a big advocate of when 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 it's low, pump more money in because it. it's eventually going to yeah. go up, right? Is that what the game is being played here right now, or well, is it once, but, once it declares bankruptcy, is that all? M- it's mo- all gone, right? It's okay. all gone.
0: It went, it's bankrupt now. It's it's closed and it stopped trading. Okay. But you got to remember when Josh is saying that, and I am not a financial advisor. I have no idea when Josh is saying when something gets low. Usually, what he's talking about, he's buying securities of something that's tangible. Credible. Okay. There's gotcha. something behind there. That's, if he's buying a, a a company that makes widgets, well, they have some widgets. Apple. Apple, like they have stores and and phones and they have stuff, right? There's something intrinsically valuable behind that. And a, a cryptocurrency has the concept is intrinsically valuable. But not that particular. There's coin. no there
1: there. There's nothing there. Right. Right. Okay. So
0: if you, they, they can't say, oh, we're, you know, unless they went ahead and bought a bunch of apartment buildings with the profits they were making and it kept them in the currency, which I highly doubt they did. Um, which they, of course, they didn't. In fact, they said they had anywhere from ten to fifty billion dollars worth of value, but they also had from anywhere from ten to fifty billion dollars worth of liabilities. Hmm when they filed for bankruptcy. They think people are going to get about 30 cents on the coin, right? So for every coin that was, you know, just trading for $29 a handful of days ago, they're going to get about 30 cents, 10 to 30 cents. So, I mean, it's, and that's, some other coins have filed bankruptcy, wow. and and people have been suing them. So some of them are four years old that filed bankruptcy, and still no one's gotten any money. Wow. So that you know, it's basically just the attorneys just grinding away their fees, and it's they're just going to take everything. So this thing's just gone. It's a very complicated, but very very interesting story because the guy who started this thing, his name is Sam Bankman-Fried. He was. The Golden Boy. He was on the front of every magazine. He at one uh, point in time said, "I'll think I will we'll probably just end up buying Goldman Sachs." I mean, he was super arrogant in in a so it couldn't happen to a nicer well, guy. It, I should say not <laughs> super arrogant, super confident. Ah. Right? He wore like shorts. He lived in the Bahamas. He has some weird girlfriend who uh, loves Harry Potter and looks like a Harry Potter kind of girl, and she was like you know you have to have zero level for tolerance of loss in this business. Okay. It's like, "Oh, no you don't." Wow. People people don't want to lose billions of dollars. Although Sam strangely, even though this thing's filed bankruptcy, he still has a net worth of almost a billion dollars even after the bankruptcy. I'm like, "What what? How how does he still have?" Right. So what was his original net worth? Was he worth 30 billion, 20 billion? You don't know. And now he's they're thinking he's down to about 965 million. So that is an incredible story. I think you should ask Have you asked Josh about the story?
1: Well, I, Josh and I have touched on cryptocurrency, but Josh yeah. is kind of in the same boat you are. He just basically says, "I don't get it," and I don't advise anybody to in, to invest in it. He said his his piece was, and I'll never forget this. His piece was. Don't put a dime into cryptocurrency that you're not willing to just say goodbye yeah, to. Yeah, it's just
0: a pure gambling and fund. That's a, and, then he's, yep.
1: and he has said that for years. Yep.
0: I have some friends. We have mutual friends that are multi-millionaire crypto millionaires. Mm-hmm. You and I do. Yep. You know who I'm yep. talking about. Yep. And they are hot on it. They understand it. And they've educated us a little bit on it. But now with this failure of FTX and the power that FTX had in this market, they were so powerful that this going bankrupt – is shaking everyone to the core. Right. Like wait, that means all of these if if are that vulnerable. Yeah, if yeah. uh if Apple could go out of business, that means anybody could go out of business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's something so weird and so powerful that it's shaking that's why you know the old bitcoins of the world that were 21,000 bucks 5 days ago are now 159 or whatever it's trading at today. I don't even know what it's at something like that 14 Four, Nine. is it down to 149 yeah. i mean it's just who knows what the bottom's going to be and and i think arguably and our friends would tell us that, that that is the gold standard bitcoin's the gold standard all these other coins are just ancillary things off of the gold standard but i say the gold standard but it's not backed in anything it's right. truly not the gold standard and i'll
1: never forget because i remember you remember the exact date and time when it was at its absolute height don't you uh, when it was at 69000 what date was that at january 6th of really, two thousand, and yes. Oh, so it was it was the
0: January six people that did it.
1: No, but I if, bet you it was. Well, they should go to jail forever. I'm not, no, 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 that's okay. not what I'm saying. No, I'm I do remember though, looking at it, and then when the insurrection happened, mm-hmm. it did start to to fall, and there there was a story. In fact, we might have even touched on it on GL. But anyway, it was that day that it was at its absolute really high, yes
0: interesting, and then yeah. it's just slowly walked down to fourteen thousand. And that's still, I mean, I remember my buddy that I own that internet company with mm-hmm. was talking to me about this. And my buddy, Tyson, God bless him. The kid's the best. He's literally one of the best guys I've ever met in my entire life, right? Mm-hmm. And he would talk to me about something, and he would talk to me for two hours about something. I'd say, okay, Tyson, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> and he had talked to me about Bitcoin and said, Mike, you don't get it. Here's what you can do with it. And here's... and this was when Bitcoin was fractions of a penny. Wow. And I didn't get it. And I said, I think you're a fool for even talking about it. Little did I know that at some point in time it would be worth seventy thousand or fourteen thousand, right? And that's it. although I guarantee you, if if I would have bought a thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin at fractions of a cent right. when it hit a nickel and I was up four grand, boom, boom, I would have been. all – Oh my god, I made four grand! In fact, the the very first time I ever invested in Bitcoin because of our buddies told us to do it, right. went out, went up, jumped up to like twelve thousand bucks. I sold it out, bought two jet skis, and I was like. I call those jet geese bit and coin. It's the world's best. <laughs> That's awesome. Kept them for one year and sold them. It was dumb. It's so, a really dumb thing to do.
1: Uh, yesterday, we had uh, Liz Collin on the show on Garage Logic, and she had some stunning revelations, in my opinion, about just the way the landscape of the media is working, especially locally. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of this stuff, we kind of had known a little bit, but... It's truly eye-opening when it's someone that was on the inside. And this is
0: WCCO Liz Collin, news anchor, mm-hmm. for many,
1: many years. She right. was there, what,
0: 15, 16 years? I believe it was living.
1: 15. Mm. As, as I I, th- I think it was 15 Married years.
0: Married to the former labor... Uh, police chief. Police, no, not no, not police not, chief. Police
1: union head, hey, Police Kroll. union head, Bob yeah. Kroll, yeah. So this email came in from loyal listener Kelsey, mm-hmm. and I thought uh, I would bring this up to you uh, mm-hmm. on our show. Uh, basically talking about the way that media works these days. A Harley biker is riding by the zoo in Washington, D.C., when he sees a little girl leaning into the lion's cage. Suddenly, the lion grabs her by the collar of her jacket and tries to pull her inside to slaughter her under the eyes of her screaming parents. While the biker jumps off as Harley runs to the cage and hits the lion square on the nose with a powerful punch. Whimpering from the pain, the lion jumps back, letting go of the girl, and the biker brings her to her terrified parents, who thank him endlessly. A reporter was standing by and watched the entire event. The reporter, addressing the Harley rider, says, Sir, this was the most gallant and brave thing I've ever seen a man do in my entire life. The Harley rider replies, Why, it's nothing, really. The lion was behind bars. I just saw this little kid in danger and acted as I felt right. Well, the reporter says, well, I'll make sure that this will not go unnoticed. I'm a journalist, you know, and tomorrow's paper will have this story on the front page. So let me ask, uh, what do you do for a living and what's your political affiliation that you have? And the biker replies, well, ma'am, I'm a, a U.S. Marine and a Republican. Well, the journalist leaves. The following morning, the biker buys the paper to see if it is indeed in the newspaper. and The, action, uh, the news of his action, excuse me, and it reads on the front page, US Marine assaults African immigrant and steals his lunch. <laughs> oh, God. And that, my friends, is the way the media's approach to the news is these days. It gave me a, a good chuckle. That was,
0: that was really good. Yeah. That was good. I, I see what you did there. Yeah. Well, I didn't do it. That um, was, no, no. Uh, that, that was, was given good. to me by Terry. So, did you, Platter. so um, Liz Collins, since you are on a serious show, the Garage Logic podcast, mm, sometimes. And, and we are, although it's been serious thus far because I've been super excited about FTF currency. Um, FXT currency, excuse me. I thought it is FTX. FT- FTX, you're yeah. right. You're right. I I got mistaken there. Okay. Um, she is forty. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Very good reporter. Bob is what? Bob Kroll. I have no idea. He's got to be in his fifties. No idea. He's retired. Sure. He's not. He's not. Uh, is he? Is he a great looking guy? She's. I I heard she's super beautiful. Yeah. She's. She yeah. Is. She's very. She's very pretty. In forty, she's young. Mm-hmm. Although strangely, that being said, I'm 51.
1: My wife's way younger than me. Yeah, and way prettier than. Why are I you am? throwing stones in your glass house? I'm,
0: we're going to recant, <laughs> boy. If we could go back and just turn back one minute, can we just do one? I think minute? we might have to. Yeah, I think we might just have to take that, Bob. Good congratulations, sir. Bob, that she that was if I'm not re, if I'm recalling this that John Thompson was outside of his house, she, she his brought and that her up house yesterday. Yeah, she he was out there threatening to burn down and, all the houses in Hugo. And then or I'm, I'm
1: so glad Joe thought of it because normally I'm I'm usually pretty good about remembering. Mm-hmm. He said play the audio from you know the roll call. Yes. when the sirens are going off in the background. I'm so glad he remembered to bring that up because I would have completely forgot yeah. about it. Uh, you altogether. guys need to
0: cut that off. A couple names at the beginning. We don't need to start
1: with No, but it's Madsen. the context. It's the okay. context to set it all up. But
0: but as you've done it your 20th time, yeah. we can like lose the first 10 seconds because okay. we know. Okay. Right? Um, that was a production tip. Just, you can go ahead and keep <laughs> it. Have, do you know anything about Mattress Mac? Hold What's on this? one second before okay. you move
1: on. I yeah. had to give a um, a radio tip to a person that we know very well. Ooh. Well, I w- I'm not going to name him because he—he I already ripped them to shreds. Okay. Uh, but anyway, Tom Bernard, yes. No, it was not okay. Tom. I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rip Tom. Tom's Meat pro. Sauce. So it was a, a station that I used to work for, and I'm dropping the kids off, and I'm you know when I'm when I'm heading back, I'm flipping around or whatever. I just want to hear some tune. The boys always liked hearing music on their way to school, so we put on a music station, and all of a sudden, because I'm a radio guy, I know what's going on. Mm-hmm, I know mm-hmm. that they're recording okay. their voice tracked. Segue from this song to that song. Unfortunately, they forgot to switch channels. So you have two channels. Okay. You have the on air channel, which is channel A, and then you have the off air channel, which is channel B. And it's a matter of literally flipping one switch. Okay. But you're using the same mic that you would crack if you were going live on the air. Okay. And I knew that he forgot to switch from channel A to channel B, and I could hear him pre record. And I'm just oh, terrified he's going to screw up and so, say uh, the F word. Because you can yeah. edit all okay. of this, right? And so I texted him. I said, "Hey, dummy, you're still in Channel A," and his response is, "Oh my God, you just saved my ass!" Basically. Oh, you're kidding? That's yeah. super
0: funny. Well, I so got, you could hear
1: over the air as a song was playing. Yes, you could hear him saying, uh, "Hey, coming up here is Ed Bills. Sheeran." Blah, blah. Yeah, oh, really? that's okay. exactly what I could hear. And I said, "Hey, dummy, you're still in Channel A," and it's like, "Oh my God, thank you, Reavers." Otherwise, <laughs> that you know, is too. F- I'm yeah,
0: surprised it, that doesn't happen more often.
1: You know, here's why it doesn't, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll peel the curtain. It's happened to every single one of us mm-hmm. once, and either we were fired as a result of okay. it or we were demoted or we were lectured so harshly okay, it's that problem, it never happened okay. again. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? So it was ingrained in you right from the beginning that that cannot happen. That, and I'll be honest, part of why I like to road trip so much is I love listening to small-town radio. I just do. I, I it, 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 For me, it passes my, – when my wife – is on a road trip with me. She absolutely hates it. She said, "Can we just put on a podcast, or can mm-hmm. we just listen to something?" Yeah. And I said, "No, I, I like flipping. I, lo- I love channel flipping in the radio. And when I'm just You're driving like to hear, in the Run, middle of dog whatever. in the morning, yeah, exactly. Okay. I love hearing liners, and I I, I just think it's fun. That, is, and that reminds nerd. me
0: that one time that my uh, podcast that I follow quite often, he put up the uncleaned, unedited version of his podcast. Okay, not accidentally. And his guest said something anti-Semitic. Oh, and this guy said. The hell are you doing? You think I'm gonna let you? I mean, ripped. And they're friends. The two guys, the guest right, is a guy right, who's right. on often, and he's like, "If you think I'm let, gonna let you go down that thing," because he happens to be a, a Jewish guy who runs the podcast. Okay, I was like, "Holy crap!" I'm texting, like I'm trying to DM the show somehow, right? But it's tell out them, there in the ether it's, already. It's out there yeah. on you know, uh, and I'm like, "You have to get this down because you can't have this." It made the host. I mean, the host was. Super aggressive I about bet, it, I right? Bet, and, yeah. and rightfully so, right? He he had basically his buddy said something. It was like he said like Jewish lightning, talking about um, the whiskey uh, uh, factory that burned down. He's like, oh, I bet you it's Jewish. And the the guy was like, What did you just say? Like, what do you think I'm gonna let that go on wow. the radio? And it was. Alarming, and and you know what you don't want to hear all the time, although it obviously people do want to hear because the town council is booming, booming. <laughs> yes. you, you might not always want to hear the backside of everything. Why isn't our, Why isn't? Why don't we record our pre shows? Because we don't want to be fired, right? Yes, because right. I don't want to lose
1: everything I've ever had, right? Okay. Remember how yeah. we just talked about how Tom and Giselle just lost everything? Yeah, I don't think you want to. Yeah, join I don't them. want to be that guy. Yeah. I mean, I could lose my six hundred and fifty dollars, just like he lost <laughs> his six hundred and fifty
0: million dollars.
1: All right, so I know the story, but you had more information on why you're infatuated with the Mattress Max story. So give the backstory for those that might not be aware of his bet and in his relation to the Houston Astros in the World Series.
0: Okay, so there's this guy who owns a mattress company in Houston. And I don't know if it's called Mattress Max, but everybody calls this guy Mattress Mac. Yep. Right. I think it is Mattress Max. Mm-hmm. And so this guy, it's it's Jim Mattress Max uh McGinville, right? And he placed a $10 million bet, multiple bets, equaling ten millions of dollars, ten million dollars on the Houston Astros to win the World Series. And then he takes the winning 75 million dollars he won. Wow. I mean Talk about a bet, $75 million, he took that bet, the, the winnings, he goes back to people, and anybody who spent over $3,000, he pays off $3,000 of their, so 25,000 people that had purchased mattresses at Mattress Max of $3,000 or more, okay. got all of their money paid back. All right, so 25 times 3,500 3,
1: 3, 3, yeah. times 25,000? 25,
0: uh, 25,000 times 3,000, I think, is 75,000. It is 75,000.
1: I got 87.5. No, 3,000.
0: Okay. Times oh, I
1: thought 25. you 3,500. Yeah, I didn't. Okay. 3,000 yep. times
0: 25,000, 75
1: million. 25,000. That's $75 million. Right? $75 million. Okay.
0: So, I mean, think of that. Think of that. So he takes, he actually says in the stores, like, when you buy this, by the way, I'm going to make a bet on the Houston Astros. This is all part of their marketing plan. This is not him just going and saying, I'm going to place a $10 million bet on this. He's specifically selling people things, and they know that he's going to bet on the Astros. And he does it for all Houston teams, the Rockets. He does it on a bunch. So it's really this neat thing. And he's old. Like, he's an old guy. I'm I'm unsure how old he is, but he's not brand new. He's he's an older guy. Let me see if the story okay, tells him. Okay, I have, I
1: have a couple of questions. Yes. So from a business standpoint, how does this make fiscal sense for him? Because he's selling these
0: mattresses at a higher dollar amount, at more profit, so he's making more money,
1: right? Because he did— But if he's giving all the money back—
0: Yeah, but, but he's not giving all the money back. He only invested $10 million to give back 75 right? Right. And, but he's made way more money because he's selling these mattresses at a higher margin okay. because everyone he's selling them to, he's saying, hey, you got a chance to have 3000 bucks come back to you on this. And they're saying, okay, okay that's worth it. All and right. it just so happens this year it hit. In fact, it was such a big win. They're arguing that that was the largest win in Vegas history. Wow. I mean, that's a big deal.
1: And when the, they were down two games to one and he was walking out of Philly Stadium getting harassed by Philly's fans because that trended on social media. I mean, media. think of that. Yeah. But
0: so, in fact, it was such a big win that the, the CEO of... Uh, Caesars Palace said I think most of you are aware we've got a, high, a fairly high profile liability out there with the Astros so that will be a swing factor in whether fourth quarter is positive as a whole huh. so that $75 million loss is going to give Caesars a fourth quarter rubbing they're going to lose money in the fourth quarter because one guy gambled $10 million with them That's... that is shocking wow shocking isn't that just cool i think there's a couple of different so caesar's had a bunch of the money and then pen entertainment uh pen entertainment a uh, jay snowden i don't know who that is i don't know who who owns pen entertainment i don't know what that is um oh that's part of barstool sports that's their their gambling division okay had a bunch of money in that too so think about that both of those companies are going to have horrible fourth quarters because they accepted one bet that paid off
1: three to one i will be honest and i i i I'm a pretty big sports fan. Mm-hmm. And I've got to, and I, I know I've shared this publicly on the show before. I really don't like the road we're going down where gambling has just overtaken coverage of sports.
0: I don't like it. I don't think gambling should personally be legalized. I just don't think it's. I
1: don't, I guess that part of it, I don't care because I have enough self control and I'll probably raise two boys to say, hey, this isn't a road—you know, if you want to put five bucks down on a game just because it's fun, that's fine. But this is the kind of thing that can ruin people's lives. But that's I've, how it I've, watched it I've watched it personally happen to people that's, I know.
0: That $5 is how it starts. No,
1: and I get it. And that's honestly why I've just stayed away from it altogether. I've well, always been someone that said, well, I could make money betting on football or whatever. No, you, no, no, you, you can't. You can't. There's a reason why— there's billion-dollar complexes out in Las Vegas. That's right.
0: They're not building on the back of winners. No. It just doesn't happen. Right. And, and what's worse is now you get the, the TikTok generation that are watching these gamblers that do win, right? So, yeah. Let's pretend. Or have the persona of a winner. Right. And they're watching them, and they're saying, well, that guy, if he can do it, I can do it. And no, you can't. No. No, you can't. I, I have a good buddy who's a professional poker player. Mm-hmm. right? I don't know if you knew this, right? And hes uh, that's all he does for a living. Okay. He plays professional online poker about 10 hours a day. He makes a very good living doing it, like a very, very good living doing it. And he says to me, he, oh, by the way, he has his doctorate in mathematics, right? So he's not doing this. Because he thinks he can go ahead and that read that guy's tells, because he's playing online. There are no tells. But he also said to me, oh, by the way, every single hand of every single person I've ever played against is open data. You can see the data, right? So you don't know this, but when because no one knows this, except for people who are playing online gambling professionally, is all of the data that's backed on those gambling sites is open source data. So you can go see what hand was what, what cards were dealt, what everybody had, because they have to prove that they're not cheating. So they have all of the data available. Huh. So if someone comes in and their uh, you know, moniker is a winning mic, he goes up, looks up winning mic, and finds out, oh, here's his tendencies across every single hand he's ever wow. played. So he says, I won't play at a table if I can't go ahead and read the last 10,000 hands of every single person I played. How time-consuming is that? Trust me. It's a grind. He doesn't go ahead and make 50 grand in one night. He makes small chunks of money over and over and over again as he just grinds away on the tendencies of these people he's playing does against. Does he have
1: a primary source of income? That's it. He's
0: all he does is professional gamble. That's all he does all day long. That's all he does. Wow. He he just does this. Basically, he's a data analyst, a very very high-paid data analyst because he's grinding data all day and it sounds horrible. I mean it sounds horrible because yeah. there's nothing like exciting he's like I'm I could shut I could write a program to play each one of these guys and just let my hand go out and I know I'm going to win 51.38% of the time or whatever it is you know some math calculation that says if I gamble this way I'll leave this table with $318 after 12 hours of play and the next day I'll do it I'll if I play a higher stakes table I'll win $3000 it's amazing it's amazing how wow. much then during the summer he takes most of the summer off and plays golf. And he happens to be maybe the best golfer I've ever played with. The guy is unbelievable. In fact, we were playing, we were playing nine holes. It's not, not that long ago. We we're playing nine holes. And I looked at him, and he was eight under after nine holes. He had eight birdies on nine holes. Wow. And I said, oh, my God, you are going to potentially get the course record. He goes, I can't. I got to go. I can't play the back nine. I'm like, you're going to abandon an eight under front nine? Right, that that has to be near a record at this place that we were playing and if he would have continued on and had a 16 under round that would have been really close to the lowest game that's ever been played at there wow. and he's like I, I just get and he would have he wouldn't have done it right he, but he could have ended 10 under which would have been near course record holy Hi, cow. I'm full of great stories today you really are I'm glad yeah. you came in yeah
1: thank you. <laughs> thank you you know
0: what it is I've been sick for a week. And now I finally have some virality back to me. I'm like standing, like I'm, you, I'm pounding my chest again, All that hurt on I
1: did Yesterday, that. it dawned on me because uh, uh, my wife and I were were discussing about because we always go over the game plan for the weekend because she works Monday through Thursday, so we always go through the game plan of okay, what do we got to get done this mm. weekend, and then on Sunday night, all right, what has to get done this mm. week. And so she said, well, you know, my mom, her mom wants to host Thanksgiving. I go, yeah, but that oh god, it's a couple weeks. Thanksgiving is in two weeks. Oh. now less than. 2 weeks from today. Yeah. Which I thought, "Holy crap." You know what happened? What do you have to do? What do you have to do for that? What do you what will you have to Um, um that part is still unknown as far as what, what my, my personal role is, but see I I like preparing Thanksgiving dinner. You do? I do. I love okay. cooking the turkey. I like I I do enjoy doing that because Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays because you get to stuff your face. You get to watch football. It's not all about gifts and crap. Exactly. Like yep. There's. Um, it's just hanging out and family, eating and watching right. some football. And I, I've I've always truly enjoyed Thanksgiving. My parents
0: had to give me an intervention. My parents and siblings had to give me an intervention, like a handful of years ago. And they said, "Mike, you're you're an adult man. I, now you have a kitchen in your home because I hadn't had a kitchen for years. Right? You have to start participating with some of these events. Like you have to either have the event at your house. And I said, I don't like people in my house. So no, thank you." Right. I just don't like it. And I have family member over, but I would never have 20 people over. I don't want to do that. And <laughs> they said, well, you got to start bringing food because normally I just bring booze or, you know, I always bring something. Don't get me wrong. Right, right. I just never no one would ever say, Mike, make the turkey. No one would ever <laughs> say that. So my sister, I talked to my sister today and she said, hey, you get to do the green bean casserole, which that recipe is very easy.
1: Or and it's. I, Hold on, let me get, let me grab Lund's phone number. Yeah, well, no, no, no. I make it, <laughs> okay. but it's.
0: I mean, it's super, super simple, and it's delicious, right? It's. I, I do love green beans. I casserole. do
1: extra of the
0: French onions. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, because they. What's strange is they on the back of the French onion cans they don't suggest or you can make extra crunchy and double the cans because I'm like you double. For half the time, people would just right. say, I'd like to make more of that because mm-hmm. that's how I do it. I double it. That's my secret. I just gave my secret out. I double the French onion amount, which makes it super crunchy and super delicious, right? Nice. So she said, can you do your famous green onion you know, uh, your uh, green, green, bean green bean casserole. And I'm like, 100%, I'd be glad to. And then I always bring a, a drink of choice. Like, I make a specialty cocktail. Oh, nice. Isn't that cool? That's very cool. I, I always think, but I it took a took me a while till I hit nearing my 50s till I ever participated in any of those things. Well, welcome to the club. Yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> so, will you fry your
1: turkey or are you? I don't fry the turkey. I, I tried that once. And nothing, it wasn't bad. I, I honestly, I didn't enjoy the taste. Do, do you do it on your smoke fire? Do you smoke it? Yeah, I did that once. Okay. I loved that. Yeah. But uh, I worked. I worked with, it does. It does right. take. It does take some time. But a number of years ago, I used to work at 107, and my co-host Colleen Cruz gave me an unbelievable turkey recipe, and I shared it on Garage Logic where you coat the outside of the turkey with a light coating of mayonnaise and it sounds weird that's funny okay but it what it does is it keeps all of the moisture inside of the turkey mm. you don't ever eat that you peel off all of it because it 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 gets encrusted into the skin so Ooh. it's all you you take you peel all this off anyway so you don't but what it does is it holds all the moisture inside the turkey. Why can not you just use Vaseline then or something? Well, no, you don't <laughs> okay. want to do okay. that. Okay. so um, But it does ma- it does work. Yeah.
0: So it, it, w- w- let me ask this. When you're starting to cook the turkey then, how do you baste it? Because doesn't the the mayonnaise kind of make a non basteable or you don't can, have to worry about it? You can
1: it? do broth or whatever you want okay. before. Okay. And some people like to put salt and pepper on it. I don't do any of that. Yeah. It's just a regular, just a chicken broth, whatever you want to use. And then let that kind of you know let that kind of sit for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then once you see it kind of drying off, then you then you do a lighting light coat of the mayonnaise and throw her in the oven at three twenty five for six hours, and boom, and that's it. It's easy, really, super easy.
0: I bet you even a moron like me.
1: Could, but my favorite part okay. is what I always do is once the turkey is completely thawed. I take you know you take the bag of the guts and stuff out mm-hmm. because some people like that that goes right in the garbage yeah, can yeah. although no I' take that back because my mother-in-law's dog used to like the neck so I would save the neck for um <laughs> what for, a gentleman for, for my mother-in-law's uh, dog but then what you do is you call the boys downstairs and then you stick your hand inside the turkey's head and then you do turkey puppeteering nice, for at nice. least five minutes okay. and then once the once the bride comes down and sees what you're doing says Put the damn turkey down, you dumbass. Yes. And then you put then then you start the process. And then later on you're like, where
0: is my watch? And then a couple days later, <laughs> you find it inside the turkey.
1: But you have to do the turkey puppeteering for at least a couple of minutes when you have boys that are ten and seven. Yeah. Soon they'll be
0: like, Dad, so
1: dumb. Yeah. Or so they're gonna want to do it, yeah, right. Or they'll
0: they'll you'll say this portion is the turkey yeah. breast area, Where's my and then you're gonna see your kid like grabbing. Towards <laughs> it, <and> you're like, <laughs> yeah, like hey, little pervert, keep right. your hands off the turkey breast.
1: Uh, Michael, thank you so Revers, much. You're the best. Please do us a favor, rate and review the show wherever you happen to be listening to the weekly scramble. We would greatly appreciate that. His name is Mike Fratelloni. My name is Chris Revers. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, cheers.